Want to learn more about Ahrefs? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. And their seven-day trial is only $7. So head over to ahrefs.com and sign up now. For instance, when looking at competitors, you can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. You can find out exactly which keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them out. And then from there, you can either replicate or improve on their strategies to make yourself even stronger. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot -E com slash S-E-J. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Thank you for joining us. This is Danny Goodwin, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal. And my guest today is Alex Valencia. Alex is the president of We Do Web Content. He's currently a contributor to Search Engine Journal, and he's also contributed to legal publications, including PILMMA Magazine. Uh, he's also spoken at conferences like PILMMA. I don't know, Alex, do we call that PILMA for yeah, short? PILMA. PILMA for short, okay. Uh, Mass Torts Made Perfect, Trial Lawyers Summit, uh, among others. And he also hosts the SEO Happy Hour podcast. You can find Alex on Instagram at Alexander Valencia or find him on Facebook by searching for his name. Alex, welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Great to speak to you. Been a while, my friend. Yes, it has. Danny, what's happened, man? It's been a long time. Honored to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Super stoked to be on and be able to, you know, just share with everyone and, and kind of learn more about you and what's going on and you know yeah. thank you again yeah awesome and uh just so everyone knows like alex and i used to be pretty much neighbors uh, in south florida so that's actually where we met for the first time and i actually sort of blame alex for me getting involved with the podcast because i remember <laughs> the two of us going out to lunch one day and just sort of chatting about ideas for how to bring this thing back and this is sort of what's turned into so it's kind of appropriate to finally have you on as a guest <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I love it. I was slacking on my own for a while. So I'm on season three of mine uh, with just two episodes in mm -hmm. just hard finding the time while running your business and, and doing it and just finding the right host. Like, uh, you know, with our show, we just go, it, it's not always just about SEO. It started with that and then content. And, you know, during the COVID situation, I just started uh, interviewing some business leaders and people in business on how to, how you can work within your business, not on your business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, before we kick off, and you just mentioned COVID, um, but before we get into that, actually, let's talk a little bit about We Do Web Content. Um, so what what is We Do Web Content? What do you offer? And what do you do there? So I'm the president and business development here at We Do Web Content. We've been around since 2008, mm -hmm. officially 2009. We started off at just a content firm for law firms. Um, creating anything from 
website content, landing pages, practice area pages, blogs, frequently asked questions, and then evolving into eBooks, newsletters, email campaigns, just everything content, content associated to, to bring up the law firm and, and help them get found on search. Um, you know, we started way back when, uh, you know, SEO was growing and, and, you know, it was a little easier where content was actually king be, before the internet was saturated. You know, once everybody found out, okay, you need content, you need content, you can no longer do a, a white page with white lettering on the back to rank. You actually need to show the user some kind of information and, and value. Um, so, you know, I think we were, we were some of the pioneers when it came to actually creating a website that was full of content. I mm -hmm. mean, the first website that we launched had 3000 pages at launch. Mm -hmm. um, and without any SEO expertise and just content and just knowing on-page optimization, some URL structure, some basic SEO, we were able to get 30,000 visits of traffic and probably getting the site converting at about 60%. Nice. Um, so it was, a, it was an anomaly for at least our industry. Um, and, and that was our first site. And, you know, it just kind of blew up from there. Um, people started noticing and just reaching out by the third client. Um, and we'll go into my story a little further. But by the third client, that's when I came in and started doing business development and realized that because uh, my wife started this, we had a business here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, just started going out and trying to find clients and build partnerships and going from there. But we mostly work with uh law firms across the country um fortunately we're blessed to to work with some of the top 50 law firms in the country right now and continue growing um personal injury single event um law firms but um you know we're a content focused digital marketing agency and we partner some with some of the best seo and, and creatives in, in in the market so it's not just us you know it's, we've grown because of the partnerships that we've built. Awesome, very cool. Um, and yeah, we mentioned COVID very briefly, so I just wanted to check, uh, how has that been impacting uh, your business? Because I obviously I've heard a lot of people are either super busy, some people are out of work. So how has uh, COVID been impacting uh, you guys? So I think we've been very fortunate that our clients um, were already kind of well off and took this advantage kind of like a stockbroker or the stock market people might have taken advantage and instead of pulling back a lot of people have doubled down um in efforts to stay ahead of the game so for us within our market and i know it's not the same for everyone else uh, a lot of our attorneys you know um you know kept either moving where they were or pushed ahead while some of their competitors were holding back and being conservative uh, you know, these guys are pushing ahead and, and knowing that the work that they're doing right now is going to pay off six months down the road. So, you know, when it comes to continent SEO, you just got to you got to keep going. You got to keep moving and keep growing because it's just compounded interest, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for us, we've been fortunate. We did have some, you know, smaller clients that that fell off and, and we get it. You know, everybody's got to make sure they manage their business and their families and their lifestyle. Um, but that helped us tremendously because we had a huge growth phase in 2019. So it allowed us to step back, work on some new processes, some um, inefficiencies and, and growing our team. Um, so there was a lot that we changed around and these three months have 
given us the time to to make some changes and really work within our own business so we can offer the best possible service to our partners. Mm -hmm. And do you see COVID impacting, you know, both during and maybe after, you know, the pandemic and lockdowns are over? Do you see this sort of changing anything from how you're approaching SEO or content right now? Or do you think we'll sort of go back to, you know, the way things were? Like, how are... Is, is this changing anything in terms of what you're doing strategically for your clients? Um, I don't think it's changing anything strategically except maybe a offering for mm -hmm. some of the businesses out there. I know a lot of our clients were trying to go after business interruption. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's some red tape around that, but I know that was something that they'd go after. I think everything's going to be changing. I mean, I don't know that there ever was a normal, right? We sure. all live on in our own bubble. So we have our own normal, mm -hmm. but we never knew what the next day brought anyways. Right. So it's just a shock to what our expectations were thinking that, that we did know. And now no matter what, uh, you know, background you're in, what industry you're in race or politics you follow anything religion whatever i mean it, we're, we're all affected um so not none of us have any idea of what's going to happen next and not even the government knows what's going to happen tomorrow mm -hmm. so i think we're all just taking it day by day and, and trying to do as much as we can with what we have mm -hmm. um, but i don't know i don't know what the new normal would be or, or what it is or whether there is going to be a new normal right i'm, I'm sure everything's going to be different like some restaurants here in florida have opened you're six feet apart. You can't sit at the bar like we used to, Danny. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Some things have changed, but, you know, I think uh, hopefully soon that'll at least go to an environment where, where it's safe for us to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you think there are going to be any new sort of opportunities from a content standpoint for law firms, especially where, you know, COVID is changing a lot? Um, I, I kind of imagine that there will be some some big changes or maybe some new trends. Uh, do you sort of have an idea yet of what those may look like in the post-lockdown uh, world, or is that still to be determined? I think, I mean, we have some ideas, and, and I think this has always been an idea because it's going this way. Um, you know, people have been saying that video content is always going to blow up and it's going to do great. I th what one of the advice that we've been telling a lot of our clients is to create a lot more just because everyone's now more digital, not really going home. But a lot of our clients are big billboard guys or mm. TV commercial guys or bus ads and so forth. You know, it's time to really put a lot more investing into your digital presence. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever that takes for you to do it, um, whether it's doing it through SEO, organic, paid, you know, finding a amazing video producer, but, you know, content's still here, right? Everyone is producing content. Um, you know, for us, it's actually like written or, or video or stuff like this, but podcasts, but check out all the social media people, all the influencers, right? They're, they're doing what they consider their content and they're either talking about themselves, selling a product or something, but that's what people are watching. Um, I, I did a presentation last week for, for a friend and the global, I forget what it was called, global something. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on it. But they had an amazing, um, actually, let me look for it. If you give me a second here, sure. I'll look for it because it, it's an awesome infographic that shows what each 
generation is looking at as far as consuming content. Mm -hmm. so my, my presentation was, are you a consumer or creator? And, and right now was the time for you to start creating content. Um, while, while, while you had the time and you were home and, and you had the ability to just do authentic content off your cell phone. I mean, there's just so much you can do with the technology. So, um, you know, forget the long answer to your question, but I think video being social is a huge investment right now, um, for now in the future, right? And if you weren't already doing social media, I think it's huge for you and, and you should definitely be involved, whether it's starting off from scratch, just socializing and getting into it and building relationships instead of just jumping in and, you know, try to crumbing down all the information that, that you want people to learn about you. You got to build those relationships. Mm -hmm. But the the infographic was the media consumption in the age of COVID-19. And it was created by the Global Web, Web Index. Okay. It's awesome. It goes into Gen Z's consuming, millennials, Gen X and the boomers, how they consume content and what they were consuming. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know that I was shocked because I get it. The millennials were definitely the ones consuming the most information to better themselves. Hmm. Um, and so they, they had the highest percentages of, of looking at different variations of the content. So um, they were they were looking at different channels for consumption of content, mm -hmm. whereas prior to COVID, it was more of a YouTube social. Now they were opening it up, but it was more of an educational um, aspect. They were reading more books. And so, so it was pretty awesome to, to learn that, right? It's, um, I think we might see some growth because of that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. So, um, yeah. So what is working well for you? Uh, obviously we talked about want to do video, but what's working for, you know, in, in the legal industry right now, are there any sort of tactics or strategies that uh, you're focusing on or that you're advising your clients to focus on uh, if they want to do well uh, in the search results? Content, content, content. Mm -hmm. um, we're competing against other people that are, that are putting out tons of content and it's strategic content, right? I always go back to when you're producing content, it has to be strategic. It has to be for a reason. It has to be purpose, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of our competitors or colleagues will create content for the sake of link building. Well, we create the we create a number of uh, volume content for search. Um, you know, a lot of our clients work in different markets, but you can only have so many offices. So, you know, if they want a sixty mile circumference of a city then we have to optimize for that specific content. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our technical SEO team is also digging in and, and just being creative and automating so many different things that assist with the content, right? It's not just content alone, it's everything that's happening in the back, you know, the speed of your site, the mobile optimization. Mm -hmm. um, again, the strategy, the technical SEO, the backend schema, um, you know, the images, right? Google's become so smart with, with with images and making sure those recognizing what those are and how that's helping with search these days. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're, you know, again, it's, I got to give hands and uh, props to, to them on that side because they do such an amazing job that it just enhances 
what we do and working together, it's that's what helps our clients continue growing. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, when a client comes to us and says, "Man, what can I do? How can I go faster?" Well, we develop more content. Yep. How uh, has have have you seen any impacts from the most recent Google Algo update, uh, the Broad Core update that just rolled out on May fourth? Or um, I don't know. Does that tip? When, the, when those roll out, do you sort of see any impacts, positive or negative, for your clients, or does it vary from update to update? Um, I haven't seen any within the last two broad updates mm -hmm. with any of our clients, fortunately. That's good. Um, all, and for some of the clients, we saw an actual uptick. For some, mm -hmm. it just kind of stayed the same. Um, one client in particular recently, which was weird, who's had a, an amazing climb and I don't think this had anything to do with an update, but just a black hat attack against him. Um, you know, just being aware that that's still out there and there are competitors that will will work that way to try to bring somebody down. But but they were attacked with some bad links recently. Mm. Uh, luckily, our team is on top of it and they caught it and sent a disavow. But, you know, this was a, a reputable large firm who was growing and, and is investing a lot of money in their SEO and, you know, started off ranking locally, regionally, and then we went statewide. Um, and now they're ranking for some, you know, very expensive terms nationally. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, maybe one of their competitors or another SEO firm working and they're like, you know, tried to bring them down because of it. Mm. It's sad that that happens, but it, but it's out there. Um, yep. My colleague and partner, Jason, uh, did a video about, about that recently about that. I think it was particularly because of this client, but um, it's out there. It's you know, it's you got to be aware of it and make sure you're on top and and knowing what links you are bringing in and what what your clients are actually getting, um, so you know the differentiation from that and any negative links that they might be getting. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty common in the legal niche, or is that not a huge? That's the concern? first time I've seen it. First That's time, the first okay. Time we've seen it and and hmm. been affected by it. My site was actually brought down before um, by a competitor, mm -hmm. again, with a with a bad link strategy. So we used to be like number one for legal content, SEO, web content years ago when, you know, when we were investing more time into our own site. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to get back to that. But um, it was just such a headache to uh, to try to compete. You know, people just kept trying to bring in our bring our site down, which is sad, right? We're all colleagues. There's enough business for everyone. Yeah. but. Uh, for someone to try to bring their own colleague down is, is just sad. Yep, really is. Mm. All right, so uh, when a new client maybe comes to you and says, hey, have a look at my website, what's wrong with it? Uh, what are some of like the bigger mistakes that you're seeing these days from an SEO or content perspective? Um, so SEO, URL structure is usually a big one. Mm -hmm. um, no internal linking strategy, no architectural organization, um, you know, design, you know, too much going on with design. You know, a lot of the times you'll get a client that says, this is what I want. And if you allow them to, you know, and just say, okay, I'll give you exactly what you want. It's going to reduce speed and so forth. So sometimes you just got to say, hey, you know, let, let's just try it out this way and, and just make sure we're appeasing what Google and the user wants, you know, we want to make sure the website's up technically um, before we start adding so much. But, you know, we've also uh, 
optimized a lot for a lot of the clients that want some heavy video and imagery on their site. So to do that, um, you know, the technically technical team really has to optimize and reduce that. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't affect speed on the content side. It's usually everybody just wants to blog. Um, they're still Mm -hmm. in the mindset that, uh, blogging is the way to get it. Um, but there's absolutely no strategy. I think there are some, practice areas that you can just blog about and, and potentially grow, um, but not grow at the volume that our clients want to grow at. Our clients want to be, you know, number one for a lot of, and, and, and I mean, page one, right. It's not always easy to be the first position for everything. It, it's a, you know, daily struggle going back and forth with competitors, links, things change, but I'm at least on page one for, for specific terms. And, uh, and if you're not optimizing or creating content for that, there's no way you're going to rank for it, right? You can mm-hmm. just um, so there's always a big mistake of not having a content strategy, mm-hmm. uh, putting that content strategy to play, and actually building out a plan to execute it, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll usually reverse engineer some of our com- client competitors and see the amount of content they have. And and that's a beginner goal, right? All right, how do we get past what they have and mm-hmm. what's that gonna take? Yep. And uh, I think we've talked about this a little bit, sort of like the death of the blog post uh, concept where it's like, you know, maybe you should be investing your, 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 your resources into creating actual pages versus, you know, creating these blog posts. So I don't know, do you wanna maybe talk a little bit about that and just, you know, why you say that maybe writing a blog post isn't such a smart idea? So I don't think for our target audience, it is like, we'll look at the blogs and analytics and not anyone's really looking at them. Most of the traffic is actually coming from FAQs. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to create content for your lawyer site, I would recommend creating frequently asked questions because Mm -hmm. it's easy to build a strategy with it using something like SEMrush or even just Google intent when you type something in kind of tells you already what people are looking for. So once you search what those answers are and you answer them eloquently and intelligently and give as much possible information, that's probably the best effort that you can make. That's that's gonna make the most out of your um, investment. That's gonna make the most out of your time. So if you are gonna devote to anything, do it that. Um, if you're a civil rights attorney and, and you're passionate about something, then by all means, blog about it. If you're a family attorney, go ahead, blog about it. If you're a criminal attorney and you're just tired of people making the same dumb mistake getting DUIs, then blog about that, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's always a bad idea, but that shouldn't be top of your strategy. If you don't have the budget to create a content plan where you're actually creating practice area pages and the terms that people are finding you for to hire you, then blogging might not be a bad idea if that's the you know your your last uh, option. Mm-hmm. But your first option should definitely to be to build out your your practice and your service area pages. So primary, secondary, and tertiary pages, um, alongside with frequently asked questions to help support that and be able to do a solid, architecturally designed internal linking strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I assume you mean like with where you mentioned primary, secondary, tertiary, with all the internal linking going from like your secondary and you know tertiary to your primary pages that you really want to rank. Would that be right? 
Right, because you're you're creating a theme, right? I yeah. mean, we go back to basic SEOs. You're creating a theme of the site, so right. everything should follow it like a organized spider web. Right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's talk tools for a second. Uh, do you have any favorite SEO tools, content tools that are sort of uh, you know your go tos when you're uh, doing stuff for your clients? Uh, Google Analytics, uh, SEMrush. Arefs, I never know if I get Arefs correct. Arefs, and they're a sponsor, so hi Arefs. Hi Arefs. Yeah, thank you. We love using those tools yeah. um, for SEO, and and I don't get to use them much. Uh, I, on my calls, I always go to SEM Rush first, but I know the technical SEO team uses both of them quite mm -hmm. a bit. Um, I'm always on either analytics, just kind of seeing the current data if they allow it. Uh, as far as content, uh, you know, Grammarly, Copyscape are, are two. We're actually developing our own um, right now just because those don't work. And we, we, so we've created a, a content factory, if you will, without diminishing the value of content. We've just we just have a formula and every single one of our clients has preference. So we actually built out a preference editor um, so we can easily edit the things that we know they don't want. Um, and I think that's going to change the game, not only for us, but for a lot of other companies if we decide to, to lease that out. Hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's tough organizing so many writers, so many projects. So we built out a, a whole... Um, Kind of like a Basecamp, Grammarly, Copyscape, you know, combination of everything all in one house hmm. um, that that our team is using. I'm excited to to roll it out and and you know everybody start using it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Internally, because I don't know if we're ever gonna do anything with it. I think I talked to you about it before, and I uh, so, yeah. you know, I say, hey, I think that's something I'll let you use. Yeah. I think, yeah, I remember hearing about this the first time. I was like, oh, that sounds really good because we have a ton of writers to organize too. So, uh, yeah, uh, but cool. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about writing since we're talking about content here. Uh, there are a couple of pieces that I want to highlight of yours from Search Engine Journal, but before I do that, I figured I'd ask you, do you have a favorite article that you've written? And it could be for Search Engine Journal, your own blog or elsewhere, anything that you're sort of particularly proud of? Oh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of them really go with with how I'm feeling at the time. And, and uh, sometimes it's actually hard to, to push out content. Mm -hmm. uh, I have an old one that we did actually for our site. Um, and uh, I, it's something in the effects of creating debate to catch the fish. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's always been a, a good one for me, just, just because... I get inspired when I'm either reading or listening to a podcast. And that was one of the quotes from it. Hmm. And although the podcast or the book that I was reading at the time didn't actually mean or was talking about what my subject was about it, I was able to use it um, for that. And, you know, at the time was, you know, what, what are you creating to what kind of bait are you putting out there to get the clients that you want? And it went specifically into that. Um, but um, that that was definitely one of my favorites. And then, uh, you know, I just love that we're in a niche, right? So any of the content that we create, 
for SEJ to, to build that out and, and the other project that we're currently working on for SEJ. You know, those are passionate because being in the niche that we're in, um, you know, it's been a, a blessing to to our business and our family. So, mm -hmm. you know, anything that comes out, we're, we're proud of. Awesome. What was yours? What was your favorite? Well, my, my first, I have a, actually have two. So the first one I want to call out was your seven-step process to realize the promise of SEO, which was, I believe, your most popular post on SEJ, which was pretty uh, pretty amazing. Um, I didn't realize how many how many pages that had gotten until um, I just looked today, and I was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, it's a really good message, I thought. So I just wanted to sort of let you talk about that a little bit, um, just to give listeners a quick overview. You basically talk about how you can't get to the promise of SEO without going through the process of SEO. And your idea being, you know, so many people want to just jump past all the hard work of SEO, right? And sort of just get to the traffic and the leads and the new clients without putting in all the effort. So um, how can we get people to love and respect that whole SEO process, Alex? Well, how do we get people to love and respect the process of anything, right? True. Um, yeah. And that was one of those things where, you know, the idea came to me, um, I mean, just life, right? The, there, we have a process in life. There's something that we have to follow to get to where we want. Um, and the same thing happens for that, right? I, I love working out, but I know I can't get there without working out. I, I can't get the results I want without putting in the effort to eat right mm -hmm. and put in the time to work out. But not only, it's not just about working out, right? It, working out these days is about timing and whether you're doing it correctly and the amount of calories you're taking in or putting out, the amount of exercise you're doing, whether it's slow fat burning or high fat burning. I mean, it, it just became so difficult. So these people that you see out there on Instagram or social media that have all these bodies really understand the process, right? That didn't happen from one day to the next. Like mm -hmm. these ads that you see, oh man, this dude got ripped within 30 days. What they did and they bought a program, they followed the program. And the same thing goes with SEO. You follow the program. I go back to Jason Hennessy. He, I remember when he first started back in 2000, he, he wrote the SEO book by uh, Aaron, I forget what his name is, he would know. But Aaron he followed that to a, yeah. No, was it Aaron Hall? Is it, it might be, yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, that's how he started building his business when he first started SEO and, and really taught himself that. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing to follow the process about anything? So if you're in that mindset, um, you know, some people can do it in all aspects of their lives. Some people do it in some parts of their lives. Mm -hmm. But if you're jumping into SEO, everything, and then I, I have, I think I have another article about foundation, right? About building out the foundation. Sure. Um, this is all part of that foundation. The process is building that foundation. You, you can't just pour concrete without there being rebar or it being on a solid ground, right? You can't pour concrete on sand and expect, expect it to stay because it's going to shift. So you got to find the right property. You got to find that the foundation is there. You got to put the foundation down of concrete, make sure there's rebar in it so it doesn't crack and move around. I mean, there's just so much to it. But in life, we've been taught that or been fed the idea by seeing so many things, right? By, you know, just the things that we watch and, and we've, we consume things so quickly that we think everything happens quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't, and it takes time, and then there's a process. Yep, yep. Everybody wants the, the really quick fix or the quick win, but... Uh, the the really big results take time. 
Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really powerful piece. Uh, another one I liked of yours was on the power of perseverance. Um, and in it, you had this really great metaphor from uh, that you got out of jujitsu, which you mentioned in there, uh, which is there is always a way out. Uh, so could you maybe talk about this idea of there's always a way out and how maybe people in SEO or marketing or just business owners who, who may be listening can apply it to their own, you know, situations or struggles? Right. So another metaphor, right? You've got to squeeze and put so many pounds of pressure on a rock to get a diamond out of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes we're put in bad positions to help us grow. Uh, the metaphor in jujitsu was uh, when I was training a lot more, you know, you're always put in a position that if you're not trained, it's hard for you to get out of it. But if you kind of sit back, breathe, you're going to find a way out. The person that's on top of you putting pressure on you is eventually going to inhale and it's going to give you an inch for you to inch out yourself. And mm. you do it again and again and again. And finally, there's a way out of it. And the same thing happens in, in business. And um, if we, you know, go into the whole story is there, there's ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And but there's there's always a way out and maybe not saying out of your business, but there's a way out of the situation that you're in. It's temporary. It's part of building that muscle. It's part of building your perseverance. So it's, you know, it's it's part of the process going back to the article you failing and being put in a bad situation during SEO or anything kind of like our client, you know, they got attacked with black hat. Well, it's easy, right? It, it sucks. We might've lost a little bit. We'll go back, we'll fix it, but we didn't lose it all. We caught it just in time. Mm -hmm. And that's part of awareness as well. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, and that article also went into a lot of your, your, your career journey and sort of your ups and downs, which I want to get into in just a moment. But before we get into sort of, you know, your, which is a very interesting story, by the way, I think people are going to get a lot out of it. So, uh, but before we dig into that, before you got into SEO, what sort of led you toward that? Um, did you do something else before you get into SEO and marketing? And what was that? So I was already in like sales and marketing. I worked um, in the banking industry for a long time. I was a executive at at a, a Netherlands bank called AB Namro. Okay. And they were bought by uh, Citibank, and and you know the market crashed, and I lost my job. So I was always into marketing. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you know, in two thousand eight, when when everything crashed, I was able to take a little break and then kind of figure out our next steps, kind of finding my way out. <laughs> right. And you mentioned that you, I guess, this didn't technically start like as an agency or the idea of being like an agency when you started. It was just like your wife made all this great content for the site and started working. Is that sort of just like the origins of where we do web content came from? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and by the way, where did the name come from for We Do Web Content? Um, my wife and, and, and a friend. So we, we were throwing around the idea of articles, blogs, and vlogs. Okay. And uh, social media wasn't as heavy, but uh, we, we pitched the idea to a couple of friends. They're like, no, it's too long. The friend, it, it, you know, we don't, we don't really like that name. But that was kind of what we were developing, right? Articles, mm -hmm. blogs, and vlogs at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it said exactly what we did, but um, 
you know, somehow we were just like we do. And then, you know, we do web content was, was available. So it, it kind of grew from there. Okay. Um, and so when you were starting out, um, as you mentioned in this article as well, you know, things started to go pretty quickly. So talk a little bit about how, you know, you sort of saw that instant success and, um, you know, so how, how did you try to grow that into something bigger? Um, so it was a new environment for me. Um, you know, it, it kind of was, first of all, it was like a punch to the belly and starting from scratch, right? You mm -hmm. went from being an executive, making all this money and to not making anything, but at least it was ours. Mm -hmm. uh, but still the goal was, all right, how do I get back to where I was? Um, and a lot of it started with cold calling, picking up the phone and trying to sell the idea of SEO and, and content to law firms. Um, but we were fortunate that the development firm that built the site for for the law firm that we built our first site mm -hmm. gave us our first two clients. So I wasn't working in the business yet um, when we got those first two clients, but it was, uh, you know, the first one was a big social security firm here in Florida and they eventually went um, national um, mm -hmm. because of all the efforts. Uh, the second one was a personal injury firm in Massachusetts uh, that did really well. And the third one was a family lawyer in Virginia Beach. So the development firm was able to save them, um, you know, because a lot of the content that we developed. And then, you know, we just built relationships with them. Um, finally, uh, that development firm invited us to a conference, which was my first entrance into like what might be a little bit of SEO and legal marketing. Uh, eye opening, some Ben Glass stuff, some uh, um, some copywriting and long tail content and long form sales letters. I mean, just that whole world of funnels and email marketing and uh, direct mail. So we kind of fell into that, and, and I just like, wow, I kind of love this. Just started learning as much as I can, going to different conferences. Mm -hmm. But they they positioned us really well because we were the only people developing content at the time. Mm -hmm. So for every client that they were getting for just web development, they're like, well, you need a content team to do it, and this is what they did for these three firms. If you don't go with them, you're not that smart. So they, they really helped build our business in the mm -hmm. beginning. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, I was just doing a lot of LinkedIn posting and, and building relationships and trying to learn from other SEOs through LinkedIn at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then going to conferences. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's how we just started building it. And then it, in uh, 2011, um, all those clients were pulled out from under us. Mm. So that was like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. you know, luckily, we had built relationships and we had something to help sustain our staff because staff came first. Mm -hmm. uh, we hadn't given ourselves a big salary yet, you know, just 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 not how we work or mm -hmm. anything like that. So we weren't making the money we wanted or, or, or needed at the time yet. So it didn't kill us, but it it was kind of like starting from scratch. Right. Um, and that just took me on a whole nother journey of all right, I got to start over. Let, let's try to figure this out. Want to learn more about Ahrefs? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. And their seven-day trial is only $7. So head over to A-H-R-E-S.
fs.com and sign up now. For instance, when looking at competitors, you can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. You can find out exactly which keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them out. And then from there, you can either replicate or improve on their strategies to make yourself even stronger. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. Right. And at this at this point, what are you sort of feeling? You know, do you feel like betrayed by this company that had helped you so much? Are you feeling like worried about your future? Like what's sort of going through your head at this point? I mean, we kind of saw it coming because, you know, we we had a, a handshake deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think they saw the opportunity to to build their own internal team and um you know, they, they gained a lot of knowledge from from Ebed and the team. So I, I think for them, business speaking, you know, they 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 weren't wrong in doing it. Um, it hurts personally, but mm-hmm. business wise, it was a smart decision on theirs to bring their own team and start creating, you know, their own and, and doing it the way they wanted to do it so they can build that part of their firm up. So I'm not mad at them. I mean, we're here because of it. Right. So, sure. Again. You, you got to put pressure on that rock to get that diamond out. And I don't know that we're a diamond yet, but you know, the, the more pressure we get, the more opportunity we get to grow because we don't stop. We, we don't stop fighting. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is what we got. This is what's helped build our family, build our business. We have a lot of employees that, that we're responsible for and you know, we're not going to fail them. Mm-hmm. So, so what became sort of, since we've been talking about processes, what became your process during this rebuilding time? Like what, what, how did you sort of go about sort of rebuilding yourself here? Man. So that one was tough. Cause, uh, I had to start going to new conferences, right? You allow yourself to get comfortable mm-hmm. and going to new conferences. And you and I talked about this and a lot of the people on the, uh, on that group, we are the, uh, oh my gosh, uh, where, you know, where, where we talk personal stuff on the SEO on Facebook. Oh, SEO um, buddies. What is it? SEO buddies. Yeah, SEO yep. buddies, right? Yep. So we talk about, um, you know, some, some of our struggles and stuff and, and being an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tough starting from scratch at a conference of new people to try to go and sell yourself and what you're doing so it wasn't my personality to be that person where i would just walk up and be like hey man nice to meet you this is what i do how can you know how can we help you Mm -hmm. um i took the very long uh term option of just building relationships and i don't Mm -hmm. think i spoke a lot of what i did i just you know had a beer with people coffee hung Mm -hmm. out you know, just actually created friendships. And it was a long road of building relationships before one large attorney or, or a vendor, you know, a lot of the opportunities for us came from other vendors too, like saying, dude, you didn't know Alex did that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh my God, I've been hanging out with Alex for like three years at these conferences, never even knew what he did. He's a good guy, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. I, get, I think I might have been in an emotional and, and scared state at the time, not knowing what our value was. Mm-hmm. That uh, I didn't pitch it, but I but it worked in the long term. Like mm-hmm. I think we're positioned now as one of the favorites, if not the favorite firm to go to um, to get the results. Like we don't have a dropout rate of clients. You know, there are clients since we rebuilt have been with us for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, they're friends. We speak to them personally. We see them at conferences. We know about their families. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think they're buying from me personally, or they're buying from Jason personally mm-hmm. um, because they like us. And, you know, we don't lie or try to steal from anyone. So it's like what they're getting. If they're not getting it, we're going to be like, look, man, we just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or, look, I don't know that this is enough investment or you're spending too much money or, you know, let's try to pull back and, and try doing this. Um, but we've been fortunate not to run into those kind of situations. Our clients have taught us a lot about our process and changing it, which is why we built this system um, that we're working on with the editor and and uh, um, and not only helping our internal people, but mostly import- making it easier for our clients. But, um, you know, it's it's you learn from them, right? Every mistake you make, you got to learn from it. And when you're working in your business, you don't really know, you know, you're so passionate about it, especially me. Like, you know, I really take things personal when it comes to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having someone had negative feedback really affects me as far as anxiety and and knowing. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we fix those processes. And, uh, so fortunate that I have better and smarter people that actually work on that daily. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, I mean, I guess you probably weren't thinking, oh, wow, you know, and by 2020, I'll still be doing this. Or like, did you sort of have that like sort of long term feel like this is the thing I want to be doing for a lot of years? Um, No, because it was taking a slow climb. So 2011 was a big punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, we continued moving. I, I had this. SEO guy that I thought, all right, this is the answer. I'm going to bring this SEO guy in. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he turned out to just know how to talk SEO, but not actually do SEO. Oh. <laughs> so we lost a couple more clients because of that and, mm-hmm. and, and almost lost trust. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, it was, we, we, we continued to rebuild. Yep. And uh, for a little while, we just continued working on the current clients we had. And and then I started doing some contract work for another company who hired me to do marketing on the side. So I was actually traveling to conferences and meeting people under their business. Mm. Um, So that helped me make additional money on the side Mm -hmm. while still being present at a lot of the conferences and not having to pay for them, Mm -hmm. um, which was nice, right? So I I was able to continue working on my business on um, while working on someone else's and still building those relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think around 2015, um, one of the gentlemen that I go to conferences with, who's not a lawyer, he, he actually uh, designs clothes for lawyers. Um, he's a tailor, really good tailor, uh, Jay. Um, and uh, 
one day we were having a conversation. And again, this is one of those things where I've built a relationship, right? Years just hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Alex, man, why, why, uh, why are you working on somebody else's business? Why don't you put a hundred percent effort into your business? Like all these people love you, this and that. And he goes, you know, this, this should be the last time that I see you doing this. And mm-hmm. at the time I was like, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of selling. I'm, I'm, just want to go do something else this is just too much of a headache it's it's taking longer he's like just give it a try Mm -hmm. and he goes i'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine and this other guy uh so raj introduces me to this guy uh harlan who's been in the legal marketing industry for about 50 years if not more Mm -hmm. he's on one of my podcasts and uh you know he gave some really good advice and i'm like you know what let's do it What, what do we got to lose um so we continue pushing it um continue going to the conferences, selling a little bit harder, start building client, client. And then um, I got the idea of starting to do webinars um, with the information and they're just the relationships I had. And we started getting clients and clients and clients and started to grow back slowly. Mm. And I said to Yvette, and I'm like, man, because we had met, uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone knows Jason Hennessy at, at one of the conferences. He wasn't really a competitor, but he had his own SEO agency at the time. And he did a Facebook post after years after not seeing him that he sold his uh, business and, and he was moving to LA because his kid wanted to be an actor. So I'm like, babe, reach out to Jay and see what he's got going on. Cause we, we always wanted to work with him and uh, see what he's doing. So we we scheduled a call with them, and uh, this was, I think, late 2015, maybe early 2016, and said, hey, man, let's talk. You know, are you looking to get back in the work and, and do some business? And he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of playing tennis every day, loving the L.A. life. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, well, let's just have a conversation and, and see what you think. And I go, so we had a conversation, and I'm like, look, I'm doing these webinars. I've got so many people on my list. They trust me but there's only so much information I can give them, right? There's only so much SEO I know, and there's only so much content they want to hear about. Um, why don't you jump on some of these and we'll, we'll work and partner these clients together. I guarantee you we're going to get clients. And I guarantee you the current clients that I'm just doing content for will switch to a full digital marketing package mm-hmm. just because of the trust and relationship. And lo and behold, thanks to God, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And our first year, we just started doing a webinar every other week. One client, two clients, three clients, four clients. I think uh, 2016, 2017, I was on a summer break uh, with my family. And Jason calls me. He goes, dude, I think we just landed our, one of our bigger clients. And that was amazing news, right? That was mm-hmm. like, all right, the game's about to change. And since then, man, that that partnership and us working together and not just doing content alone, but making sure it's all backed up and done and organized correctly. And not to say that's perfect, right? Because we've still, you know, they've had their growth issues. We've had our growth issues, but sticking together and working as teams, Mm -hmm. it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Awesome. So let's go back because you said something interesting about the webinars and getting a bunch of clients from that. So, and I know, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but on SEJ, we do a lot of webinars for, you know, people come in, uh, tool companies or agencies or whatever, you know, they get a lot of leads and clients out of, out of doing those as well. So, um, yeah, can you maybe talk a little bit about the art of doing a webinar to actually get a client from out of it? Like what, what sort of worked for you guys? If you can share maybe a couple things. 
educating and informing don't sell mm -hmm. um tra full transparency like here is everything you need to do to make this happen obviously you can't do that all in one uh webinar so there was always a different series um sometimes it was jason and myself sometimes it was jordan and myself may he rest in peace mm -hmm. um but it, it was always just giving away free information mm -hmm. and you know some people decide to do it on their own and and we're transparent we're like yeah man shoot me a text or we'll help you out in whichever way you like um but some people understand that they know where they work best and sometimes they need to hire somebody else to do it mm -hmm. and you know through time that that kept happening um and with webinars don't be afraid right like if only six people show up on your webinar those are your six clients then those give them a hundred percent right mm -hmm. you, you just never know um so you know always just give it away when you're having a conversation at a networking event you don't have 200 people in front of you unless you're speaking on stage so you know give them the that that same effort that the same passion you would if you were having a beer with them or a coffee with them mm -hmm. yeah i've been at some conferences i've seen like uh, I think the lowest I ever saw was like two people, maybe even one person in the audience, but it's like, you know, if you're up there, you get to give them a show because, right. you know, that one person could be a future client. So, um, exactly. yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess as you're sort of looking back on the building of we do web content from then to now, uh, if you could sort of go back and change anything, like maybe something that you, you wish you could have avoided, and maybe if someone else out there listening, maybe in the same situation where they're trying to grow, um, is there anything maybe in terms of an obstacle to watch out for, or just a you know, just a tip that maybe you could share for, you know, if I could go back and change this, I or do this sooner, what would it be? I would hire people to do the the small things for me. Like mm. I was trying to teach myself development. I was trying to teach myself Photoshop. I was trying to teach myself. Uh, I mean, it helped that I taught myself how to do email marketing and build a funnel and do stuff like that, which I love. I, I, I have a, you know, I, I think I have a passion for creating those marketing funnels for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I've been slacking lately because we've been so busy, mm -hmm. but, um, that was one thing I taught myself that was worth it. But some of the other little things like creating images for it or banners or um, just a lot of the stuff that you can hire someone who's smarter and better at admin or, or anything like that, that can help you with your business, do that up front because you know, you're, you're, you're value, you got to value your own time. Mm. And what I can do in 10 hours, somebody who's smarter and better than me can do it in an hour. So why would I devote so much time? I could have got that piece out earlier, or I could have had that email marketing out earlier, or that video out earlier. So don't be afraid to hire smarter, better people and invest in them. Yeah. Very good advice. Um, let's see, how about uh, in terms of being a better leader, are there any lessons you've learned along the way on that front of how you know to be a better boss? Um, yeah don't ever let them know that you're feeling down or you didn't make the numbers that you wanted to make always push and, and have a confidence level right mm. like uh, mm -hmm. um you know just like with your kids right i i grew up in a family where i always knew when we were broke and you know it kind of sets you back it's it's hard to unlearn that type of mentality mm-hmm 
And the same thing can happen to your employees if you know you're always like, damn it, we didn't make goal this month or we didn't do this, and, and they're hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it it could have a negative approach to it, right? It can have a negative approach or feeling to their efforts and your efforts as a leader, as opposed to being positive and be like, all right, you know, we went to this number, but we reached this number, right? That's still passing the goal that we had. How, how do you spin things into a positive way? Mm-hmm. Um, so communication is definitely huge. I speak more and work with more than our, our vendors and partners than I do the internal staff. Like I, I probably only speak to a couple um, higher employees, not because, um, only because I don't need to. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I know them and, and, and work with them, but my wife does an amazing job managing the the staff. And she hadn't worked for a while, but our growth grew so much that, you know, 2018, she had to come back and, and you know, all right, I need, I need your support and I need you to start hiring like crazy because mm-hmm. that, that's definitely not my strength. So you got to figure out what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an amazing leader. She's amazing at recognizing people's talent and and actually mentoring and bringing them up where I'm more of a business development client focused person. Um, so I let her handle that and then, uh, you know, just bring up some of the people that work closely with me. Mm-hmm. So what's, what sort of keeps you passionate about doing what you're doing these days? Because obviously you've been doing it now for 12 years. So what sort of gets you up every morning about this this job? Well, so yesterday I posted, and and COVID's kind of be, uh, you know, pushed it back. But being able to go on a, a sales call and meet and learn mm-hmm. from another business, right? Learning from them, what they're going through, what their struggles are, what they're seeing, what they've been told, right? Like having to learn what other marketing companies have told you that they believe is truth, and having to learn that and, and build a new foundation is is fun. Um, just seeing the the growth, right? Like I have certain clients that um, some of them were already doing well in their business. Some of them started from scratch, and and I have and one of them is become like kind of like a friend. And when I mean scratch, digitally, right? We, mm-hmm. we I got a client locally here, um, and everything on their side, absolutely every digital marketing strategy is ours. And that's kind of like, all right, this is my own baby, right? I didn't take this on from somebody else. I didn't do, I didn't take over where somebody left off. We basically tore it down, started from scratch and rebuilt it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And seeing the, how much they've scaled and grown and how much they appreciate it because they keep reinvesting in it and keep asking, man, should I be doing more, doing more? And me, man, I'm just, I'm just the kind of person that's like, I think you're doing enough, right? We're doing more than your competitors are. Mm-hmm. If we see an opportunity, you know, you don't have to throw any more money at me. I know a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, we'll find ways to spend your money. <laughs> but that, that's, you know, he's a friend. Like we've gone far enough. I think we're, we're moving at the right track. There's only so much um, that you can do. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that kind of growth for, for a lot of our clients where they are and mm-hmm. them appreciating it. That's huge. Yep. That, that's what keeps me passionate. Nice. That kind of reminds me of that old joke about, you know, you don't have to uh, be an Olympic sprinter to outrun a bear. You just have to be, uh, you know, faster than the other guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, very cool. All right. Uh, how do you, 
I know this is probably a really broad question, but how do you typically define success for yourself and for your company? Like what sort of map, what do you look at to sort of gauge success? Man, I don't know. I'm kind of blind to it because we're in, in a bubble. Like success to me, I don't know. I, I think success just seems so final, right? Mm -hmm. um, man, I'm successful, right? It's, it just seems so final. I just think I like the movement of doing mm -hmm. it every day. Mm -hmm. um, some people might say their bank account, right? You know, we have nothing to worry about as far as, you know, our bills are paid. Our employees are always paid on time. Our contractors are paid on time. We're still paying rent on our, you know, our offices because we like everyone to work from here, except for <laughs> right now. Um, some of them are anxious to come back. But, um, you know, success, if I were to answer it, is the success of our clients. That's that's success. Mm -hmm. You know, when our clients are on our monthly or biweekly calls and they're like, man, this is really moving in the right di direction. And our account managers are showing them where they are and where they came from that success, right? That success for them is our success. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's talk uh, favorite campaigns. Uh, do you have a favorite SEO campaign or some or content project that you've worked on uh, that you're particularly proud of? Um, I know you probably can't name clients, uh, so don't worry about naming them. But if, if there's anything that sort of pops to mind, like, you know, just as a campaign that performed really well for you that re or that you're just proud of, yeah, so the uh, so a lot of our personal injury clients are dipping their toes or already doing it. Um, it's a, a different practice called mass torts. So it's kind of like going after large cases like talcum powder is one of them against mm. Johnson & Johnson. The Jewel one is a big one, Zantec. Um, so like large lawsuits that they go after huge companies. And... Um, once we built the authority on a lot of our client sites, I sent out an email marketing campaign that um, let's try, even if you're not in the mass tour business, would you mind if we took an attempt out of creating some skyscraper pages for some of these tours to see if they rank and how they'll benefit you? Mm -hmm. And it was golden. Nice. I mean, like when I say some clients are ranking nationally for some of these vanity terms, it's amazing. And whether they decide to refer that business out or it's just a really cool notch for us to say, oh, man, we did it. They're doing well because of it. Um, that was a really cool campaign. Nice. Very cool. Uh, on the other end, did you ever have one of those campaigns where things just went wrong? Um, where it's like, oh, I just can't figure this thing out. Or you finally figure it out. But it's like, if only I had known this earlier. Like we could have saved so much time and hassle. Like, did you ever have one of those just frustrating cases? Um, so the beginning of this year and um, we were experimenting and, and that's the benefit and why I admire our SEO team so much is they're always making changes and looking for a better way to not only appeal to Google and the user and, and the client, but, um, we had all our content strategies develop and our our director of SEO was not happy with the URL structure of any of them. Mm -hmm. So let's say we had 100 clients or 50 clients, every single one of those content strategies had to be redone. Mm. 
to appease the new URL structure that he wanted to use. And although it was a headache and a backup for our clients and for our content team, um, you know, it set us back probably about 90 days mm -hmm. for content development. So we were in a big backup here till, you know, right now we're actually finally getting caught up and getting new strategies, but it was a huge effort. And um, I wouldn't say that one went wrong. It, it We're benefiting from it now, but when you're living in the moment and you're like, oh man, where are these content strategies? C clients need their content. You know, mm -hmm. we, we might be falling behind because of it. Luckily, we didn't have any significant drops because we weren't uh, posting all the, the majority of the content, but um, it was a headache at the time. Um, but now it's not an issue that we have to deal with because a lot of it's becoming automated and, you know, we have the URL structure we want. And honestly, there wasn't anything significantly wrong with the old URL structure. It was just, it could be better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let's talk about your podcast for a second because you mentioned this earlier, your SEO happy hour. Um, what is that and uh, what do you typically talk about on it? Um, so SEO happy hour started um, as something that we were using to post our webinars in audio. So all the webinars that we did you know, starting in 2016, I started off, um, I'm like, man, I want to try this podcast thing. This is cool. So um, instead of doing just a direct podcast, we I was just removing audio and, and adding them. And once I saw that there was somewhat of an audience, like I said, it doesn't matter whether it's one or two, three or four people. If somebody's listening, they, they like the information. Mm -hmm. So um, then it started to having conversations with other people. And, and a lot of the time it's, you know, just Jason and I talking, or at the time it was just uh, Jordan and I talking. But what I started doing last year is is uh, um, getting some local business owners to to come on and, and talk about their business. So it's not just SEO um, at all. I don't know if eventually I'll change the name. It's kind of a cool name. But um, you know, we're getting into to business and, and just talking about everything. Like I said, um, the, the last one, and I haven't posted or done an email with it yet, but I had a friend who who runs a, a professional employer organization company. He's a broker and consultant. And, and I had to have him on because he helped us switch over um, through our growth from, going, from using a company that ADP that doesn't manage a, a HR or do any of the 401k, a lot of the stuff. So... We brought everything under one umbrella where they do HR, they're helpful with everything, um, workers comp, um, lower costs for employees, just being able to offer the best benefits we could possibly get for our employees and make it an attractive package for anyone that we wanna hire that's new as well. So he helped me with that and I learned so much having him on and, and uh, seeing how that would benefit other agencies and how it benefit could benefit any of our lawyer clients. So that was the most recent one. It was such a good one. We did two of them, one of them just to learn what PEO and what the differences were. And then the second was how these PEO companies are helping businesses during the COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, uh, we're about to wind down. Uh, I figure we'll close out with a few fun questions for you. Um, if you weren't in search or marketing, uh, what profession would you love to be doing instead? Hmm. 
I don't know. I love being sorts of marketing. Um, it, it would definitely be somewhere in the marketing world. Um, but, uh, yeah, I won't even say I, at one point I wanted to be an actor and I quit my job and for a year and I saved a whole bunch of money and, and tried acting, but it, it wasn't the space I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe at one point I'll go back and do theater. Hmm. That's a good one. All right. If you could go back in time, give your younger self advice, any point in your life, what would it be? Hmm. Get out of your way. Get out of your own way. Why? The things in, we, we kind of touched on this before, you, you have to unlearn so much, right? Um, and a lot of what you tell yourself eventually becomes truth. So I had very encouraging parents um, and a dad that would put, not push, but encourage and say, man, you're great, you're awesome, this and that. And for some reason growing up, I didn't believe it. I don't know why, I don't know what it was. Um, so I wasn't very good in school, in high school. You know, I, I gave the least possible effort. Um, I had amazing people in my life, teachers, whether uh, a friend, a parent of a friend, um, employers, like people that, that were my bosses at the time, were always very encouraging people. And, and I'm a big believer in people are put in your life for a reason um, that encourage. And it, it doesn't start adding up till, till you're smart enough to piece it all together and meditate on it and be like, man, every single one of those steps was a step to get me and be help become who I am, right? Everyone's got a purpose. Um, and, you know, it took a lot of people to actually get me there and, and help me believe in myself and, and get out of my own way. Nice. How about the best piece of advice given to you could be SEO related, marketing, professional, business, whatever. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten? Who gave it to you? Uh, my 10th grade teacher gave me Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I still read it mm. once a year, every year. That was one of the best books I've ever read. I encourage if you haven't read it, to read it and read it over and over again. The relationships and the way you treat people make a difference. And it changes absolutely everything, not only for, for you, but if you're building a business, if you're in a relationship, um, the way you communicate with other people and treat them, the way you listen to people makes a difference. Um, there, there's one of the excerpts in the book that a guy, Dale Carnegie, walked in and a lady's like, oh, my gosh, Dale, so good to see you. You're such an amazing conversationalist. And he and he laughed and he kind of chuckled and he said, you know, she thinks I'm a great conversationalist. He goes, but all I asked was, how was your trip? And she spoke for a half hour and she <laughs> believed he was a great conversationalist because all he did was listen. Mm -hmm. And I And I still struggle with this sometimes, right, because we always have our own agenda of what we want to say. But that was one great piece of advice. The other one was, um, this was when I was becoming an account executive. This was probably early 2005 or so. It was probably my early 20s. I didn't have a college education, not a, not a full one at least, but I was always really good in marketing and sales. So I had an account manager that I was like, 
their internal account manager helping with all their clients and then two of the other account managers went on vacation so i was managing three account managers projects and while all the other account managers were gone business increased by 400 percent and the lead boss his name is uh mike said what did you do different that these other account managers were doing uh, i said I, I don't know he's like well do you know they grew by a 400 percent i'm like what what do you mean like well, their sales grew. The customer service that you were offering these people and the service and picking up their phone calls and helping them with these applications to make sure they went through and their sales all grew. So now every single account manager wants you as their internal manager and we're going to fire all these other people. And I just couldn't believe it, right? It was crazy. But the the advice, um, so Tim Hood was the guy he's, that gave me the advice. He's like, I'm going to take you on a trip and we're going to go visit all these people personally because they absolutely loved you and and their business is flourishing because of it so we're going to take a road trip so he picked me up in florida and we drove all the way from florida to vermont visiting different banks along the way we had an amazing trip and i opened up to him and i said man i don't know how you do this and you know like meet with all these people because for me i was just like a kid from the hood didn't have an education i think i was pretty good with people but i didn't feel like i stand stood equally with people that were educated or already successful and he's like and this is when he told me do you not realize did nobody tell you the impact you had on this business and how much it grew from everything you did he goes screw the fact that you didn't have education build up your confidence you did made a difference here that's the reason we're on this trip he goes it doesn't matter what age you are and that's actually a thing in the bible it says um it doesn't matter what age you are, as long as you're providing and, and giving and doing something from your heart, it, it makes a difference. So, you know, I was insecure about the age and I was insecure that I didn't have the education I thought I needed to be an equal to the people that I was meeting. And he beat that out of me. And that's helped a lot. Oh, I like that. Um, I wanted to throw in one other thing, which I forgot to mention when we were talking about your Perseverance article, uh, the ending of that, which was one thing that always sort of just stuck with me from that post was, uh, you know, you talk about there's a reason why in every vehicle the rear view mirror is so much smaller than the windshield. It's because focusing on what's ahead is far more important than focusing on what's behind. I always really like that. Isn't that great? I, yeah. That's another thing I read in a book or mm -hmm. it in a podcast, right? I, I try to educate myself. So when I'm running or working out, I'm always listening to something. For some reason, I can't focus on music, but somebody teaching me something uh, during a podcast, I can. And that, that was the inspiration for that. And it's true, right? Like there's an absolute reason why your rear view mirror is smaller than the front view mirror. Because you don't need to continue looking back. You occasionally look back only to look forward. Um, in Spanish, um, there, there's a saying that, that my dad always said, um, echar, echar pa sin impulso. So you, you move forward no matter what, even if, if you're not catapulted up front, you just keep moving forward um, and, and always push forward. And, and he was definitely that guy. Um, so yeah, 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 I love that saying. I'm so glad he brought it up. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, since you mentioned podcasts, um, just really quickly, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Are there any podcasts maybe you would recommend to people to check out? It doesn't have to necessarily be SEO, just anything that you think maybe people could find uh, 
you know, take some lessons from that you regularly listen to? I've been listening to Jordan Peterson, great storyteller. Um, he breaks down a lot of things in life. Um, that was a recommendation. He's just got a soothing voice. Um, that's a good one I've been listening to. Um, you know, I'm a big faith guy. I, I listen to a guy named Stephen Furtick. Um, Search Engine Journal is a great one. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they have a great podcast. I think I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, those are some really good ones. Um, I'll, I'll pull, I was going to post it actually today, um, but I'll show. I'll, I'll share another one with you, which is good. It's Business Wars. Mm. It's awesome. If you haven't heard of Business Wars, it's an excellent podcast. Um, let me see. Um, yeah, what really happened? Oh, what really happened is an amazing one too. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes into stories of uh, you know certain things like uh, you know what really happened to Michael Jordan's dad when he got shot, or you know what what really happened with the uh, royal legacy. Um, th there's just some just some really good ones. Nice, very cool. All right, um, let's talk about uh, flipping around the best piece of advice. Let's talk about the worst piece of SEO advice that you still hear or you think people still believe that you wish they would just, you know, unlearn as you would say. Um, man, there's just so many. I wish people would unlearn only because I, I hear it a lot in, at least in, in Arnage that you don't need content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying you need content because I want you to buy my content because I don't I don't sell it to anyone, but that's what people are searching for, right? Like if I look for how to do anything or what should I do in this situation, it reviews content, right? Everything is content. Um, when you go to purchase a product, that con that product has content. So um there are some people out there that aren't developing content and using i don't know maybe just like one piece of content to try to rank um for for a thousand words or or just use it as a link building strategy but i think the beauty of content is you're educating and informing and that's what you're giving the user but what you're giving the client is an opportunity to educate and inform and seem like the authority and not only that but rank and be that person that that that's coming up for it mm -hmm. absolutely uh in your opinion what is the key to having long-term success in seo and content marketing right now you keep pushing um work with the clients that trust and believe in what you're doing right if your salespeople are convincing someone to do business with you then it's probably not a client that's going to last. Mm -hmm. um, you know, build relationships with the people you're working. And I know there's there's larger agencies, right, that you're working with hundreds, you know, maybe thousands of clients. So that's probably not that easy. Um, but I wouldn't just take everybody on, right? I think what what was helpful about COVID for us is being able to um, get rid of some of those clients that that really weren't benefiting from your efforts because maybe just the budget wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So instead of us having to make that call, they did it for us mm. and it worked out and uh, you know, it allowed us to concentrate on, on those other clients. And, and the same thing happened for one of our lawyer clients. Like 
having this break, although scary, was allowing allowed them to work on those big cases that they otherwise would treat like everybody else because they were so busy. They got the extra hand holding, the white glove treatment, and were able to settle a lot of those quicker and for a lot more money because they continued with the relationship. And I think one thing to take on is relationship, relationship, relationship with everything that you do is build that relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And what are you most excited about in SEO or marketing right now? Is there anything in particular? Um, I'm excited to see where, uh, where uh, augmented reality and virtual reality and, and what a lot of these apps are really going to do as far as advertising. I'd like to see what, what Google's ahead next, you know, what, what, what's in their mindset. Um, but it, it just, just seems right now we, we can continue moving along the way we are. And, and, you know, I love that they, they post their guidelines and make us aware of everything. You know, we never know what they're going to do, but I'm just excited to, to be in the journey. Yep. Awesome. And how about you? What's next for Alex Valencia? Wow. I don't know. Um, I've got a high schooler now. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm a family guy. So being home with the family and my wife and kids and, and, um, enjoying that is, is huge for us. We've been doing a lot of work on our house. I can't wait to be able to open it up and entertain with our friends to, uh, you know, break bread and, and have some steaks and beers together. Um, but you know, it's short term. I don't, I don't know what the long term holds. Um, you know, we invest in a couple different businesses and charities. Um, so just trying to see what, what continued growth we have with, with our business. I'm excited to roll out our new product um, for, for ourselves, at least, to start using. But um, I don't know. Just, again, just happy to be on the journey. Awesome. Uh, my final question for you. Where can people find you on social media or anywhere else online that uh, you know they can connect with you? And is there anything in particular you want people to check out of yours? Um nothing particular for them to check out i'm a sneaker buff so if you're into sneakers go check my instagram it's alexander valencia um facebook i think it's uh alexander valencia or or we do web content um but that's where i'm usually on one of those if i'm on social um and i try to stay pretty active it's, it's you know i don't always have the most interesting thing to say um so i either won't post it or 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 not but uh um, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Like I just got an email that said the sneakers I wanted didn't, it, it, it didn't work out. So, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, there was a draw for a pair of, uh, a, a, a new Nike that came out today and, and I wasn't part of it. Oh, too bad. Oh, well, well, cool. <laughs> right. What were you going to say? No, no, I'm, I'm just laughing at the fact that what, what I'm sad about right now. <laughs> when I know. there's bigger things happening in the world, right? Right? Like, we could really get into that one if we wanted to. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. You know, we all love our things that we love, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Well, Alex, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, this has been really awesome, and I hope to see you again in real life sometime pretty soon. Yep, exactly. Likewise. Thank you so much, Danny. Appreciate yeah. it. 
Thank much you. love to you and SCJ. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for joining, uh, joining me and joining us. Uh, that does it for another edition of the Search Engine Journal Show. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another new episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. So long, everybody. Hey there, I'm not Brent Satoris. I'm not Danny Goodwin. And I'm not Lauren Baker. That's Greg Finn and Jess Budd, and I'm Christine Zernhaus. If you listen to the Search Engine Journal show, we think you'll love our critically acclaimed SEJ network podcast, Marketing O'Clock. Join us every week as we report the latest SEO, PPC, and social media marketing news. This is a show for real-life marketers who want to do great work. And because we're IRL marketers too, we know you're talking about attribution, schema, and CPCs all day long. So we keep it light with plenty of spicy hot takes, puns and rants. Plus, we talk about what's working hard and what's hardly working in our accounts and share what news stories have us saying WTH every week. So if you're ready to become a better marketer, subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and listen to new episodes fresh for you each and every Friday morning. Only on the SEJ Network.